My name is Gene. Good morning. Can you, can you tell the person beside you, good morning? Are you happy? That you're glad that you're here? <laughs> I am so excited to share to you God's Word today. Uh, just give me a second. I feel the pressure, you know, here on the stage. And uh, I believe, you know, the Lord has a word for us today. And I hope that, uh, you know, you will be listening also, not just to my voice, to my voice, but also to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Again, thank you for, uh, you know, having us today, or thank you for coming today. Welcome to Every Nation Bahrain, or we can say welcome to every nation here in Bahrain because we are one family in different locations, in different nations. And uh, my name is Jean. I'm one of the Life Group leaders here. And uh, on behalf of my wife, Rose, uh, we would like to thank you. And we would like to, uh, who's also teaching today in Kids Church, uh, we would like to thank the leaders for giving us this opportunity to encourage the church. And uh, I really like my voice now. It's very good. Anyway. <laughs> um, for, you know, for giving us an opportunity to encourage you today. And we hope that uh, later on you will also be encouraged by River as she runs here in her energy. You know, she's been running since last night. <laughs> All right, so I, I woke up actually at 4 o'clock this, this morning. I don't know if that's caffeine or that's, you know, age. But I've been praying you know, uh, since 4 o'clock that uh, the Lord will speak to us today. You know, this church community has been a very... Uh, encouragement. No? Uh, it's been a blessing to us, uh, Rose, for the past six years, and we're thankful that we have met faithful men and women who share the same passion for uh, making disciples of all nations. And uh, it's indeed a privilege to, you know, have served alongside you. And I hope that this is not going to be my last preaching. I'm not going to, anyway, I'm not going to leave Bahrain soon, <laughs> anytime soon, okay? So, but if anyone wants to go to Korea, go ahead. Uh, but I hope, again, in, uh, in my limited time this morning, I will be able to encourage you to respond to God's calling. And, uh, you know, both as a member of the church and as a community, right? So can, may I ask everyone to please stand? Are you, are you uh, ready? Are you guys uh, excited? And are you excited? Yeah. Yeah. I'll be reading. Uh, our text for today is Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 to 10. Revelation, if you don't know that, that's the last book of the Bible. And it's actually the hardest to finish, by the way. Do you know why? Because if you get stuck on Leviticus, you won't go past <laughs> to Revelation. And anyway, all right. If you're there, you read it with me. Uh, Revelation chapter nine, uh, chapter seven, verse nine to ten. I'll be reading this in the ESV. Follow along. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. 
and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Let's pray. Lord, we've been singing songs, Lord God, that are very close to our hearts, Lord God, as a church. Lord, songs that even, Lord God, the other people, the, the people, Lord God, who don't know you, we want them to sing them as well. Lord, allow us, Lord God, to, to hear the heartbeat of you for these people, for the nations, Lord God. And Holy Spirit, I ask that this vision in Revelation, Lord God, will be always be in our minds every single day. In Jesus' name, amen. You may now be seated. And are you excited? All right. So I won't be teaching today as I usually do. But uh, I would like to encourage you today, all right? Um, but, but before that, no, I, I just want to uh, establish something. I want to establish something that this vision, right? Well, let, let's uh, read it again. After this, he said, I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation. That's not the church, but from every nation from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. You know, for the past two weeks, we've been talking about this series on missions, that God is the hope of all nations. Do you believe that? God is the hope of all nations, and His desire, all right, is every tribe and every nation in all generations to be saved, all right? So, His desire, His heart, God's heart is for the nations, for every tribe and every tongue or every nation, in all generations, in every generation to be saved. And in this passage, the Lord showed the Apostle John in a vision, all right? that this will be the ultimate outcome. This will be the ultimate outcome of Jesus' sacrifice on the Calvary. This is going to be a future reality. So John saw a great multitude. That's so many people. He, he, he can't even number the people. People from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, in their white robes, meaning they were redeemed, they were washed, they were cleansed with palm branches in their hands. You know, whenever you see palm branches, people waving palm branches in their hands, that means there's celebration. Celebration. They're celebrating and they're standing and worshiping the Lord Jesus and they're bursting into praise. They're bursting into praise and they're saying, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. How many of you believe that's a spectacular sight to behold. How many of you believe? You want to see that? Huh? Do you want to see that? Huh? You're not excited. You know, just a side comment, all right? There are many views when it comes to, uh, in terms of this uh, passage, of which, uh, especially, of which language we will be speaking or we will be uh, worshiping God in our resurrected life. Now, some say, we will all be uh, speaking in Hebrew, 
All right. Some others say uh, there will be a new language that God will give us. No? But I'd like to think, in light of missions, that we will all be worshiping God in our own languages. We will all be worshiping God in our own languages. So, for example, in Spanish, I mean the Spanish, they will say, La salvación viene de nuestro Dios, que está sentado en el trono y del cordero. Spanish. <laughs> I, I hope that didn't butcher that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, th- those are, uh, uh, that's what the, the Spanish people will sing. How about our friends from Iloilo? Dalayawan ang Diyos nga nagapungko sa trono, kagdalayawan man ang karnero, kay ginluwas nila kami sa silot. Ayan. So, Tipa na kasi kaisalakan ket agtaud iti Dios tayo nga agtutugaw iti trono ken manipud ti kordero Thank you I, uh, that's from Nino Alan actually you know I asked him to translate that How about from our uh, friends from Uganda or Luganda that they speak Luganda Obulokozi buli eri katonda wafe Atudi kunabulondo neri amwana gwe indiga. Do we have Batangueños here? How about Batangueños? Alay! Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Right? It's an amazing sight to behold. You know, when we see the nations worship God in their own languages, right? And do, do you want to see the nations come to the Lord? Do you want to see? It's, you know, and this is actually, just like what I said earlier, this is a future reality. This is going to happen. This is certainly going to happen. And people from every tribe and nation, they will join, no? they will join in worshiping God and praising Him for eternity. And guess what? Guess what? As a local church, we have a part to play in this vision, in fulfilling this vision. We have a part to play in fulfilling this vision. Now, a few days ago, Anthony and I, you know, they ha- we, have, we decided to have a haircut in, here in Jafer. All right? Now, on our way, we were actually discussing a book and we were excited about. And while we were, while he was actually driving, I'm not, not me, while he was driving, we got too comfortable and we got distracted. All right? We got distracted that we, we realized that we have missed our turn to Jafer. Now, coming from Hura, we missed our turn. And I think that's because Anthony was really driving very fast. I don't know. Or he maybe he's not paying attention to Google Maps. You know? <laughs> so, so we, are, and we, we realized that we were heading to Muharak. All right? To Muharak. And now, if you're familiar with that road, that uh, junction, uh, um, between Diplomatic Area and Hura, uh, you, will, you will see the sail monument there. Right? It's, a, it's actually a long drive. 
Now, from that point to, uh, to uh, Muharak. And the nearest roundabout is actually two kilometers away, which is near um, Al-Hilal Hospital. So that's two kilometers. And then if you want to go back, that's four kilometers already. So, <laughs> you know, so what else to do? <laughs> we have to go back for a haircut. So, you, you see, the, the lesson here is that we all tend to get too comfortable. Yeah? We all tend to get too comfortable and get excited about the minor things. And we forget about the main thing. Actually, uh, someone says the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. That's why it's important that we keep our focus so that we will not miss our turn. Okay? Because sometimes, you know, the way back is long and sometimes it's tedious. And it's easy to get lost when you are not on track or if you don't stay on track. You know, the same could be said of the church. Okay? Now, if we don't keep our eyes on this vision, if we don't keep our eyes where we are heading, if we don't keep our eyes of what God wants us to do, we're going to miss our turn. Right? We're going to miss our turn. If we don't keep our eyes on the road, we're going to miss our turn. And you know, one way to maintain our focus is, uh, of course, to remind ourselves regularly that who we are, who we are, or what, and what we do. That's, how, what, that's what usually we do. Uh, and every week, we get to do that. Uh, every time we come here, we hear what every nation is or what we are all about. You know, whenever we say every nation, it's not only a name, but it's also a declaration of our calling. Am I speaking to every nation members here? Hmm? So, if we say, whenever we say every nation, it's a declaration of God's calling to us as a church. And what's our calling? To preach the gospel and make disciples of all nations. Our calling is to disciple all nations. Our calling is to disciple all nations beginning from where you are, where you are right now, not here, but where you are. You're, you're, you're uh, studying in school, you're in the marketplace, in your community, beginning from there, and hashtag to the ends of the earth. That's our calling. And you know, uh, just want to share to you a short history, you know. Um, 30 years ago, or yeah, 29 years ago, Every Nation started in uh, 1994. So that's 10 years after victory was established in the Philippines. Uh, Pastor Steve, Pastor Ricebrooks, Dr. Ricebrooks, and Pastor Phil Bonasso, they gathered together, they prayed because there was a burden that God gave to, uh, to, to, to them that they would go beyond the borders of the Philippines. And they believe that they have been called to go to the nations. Not just Pastor Steve, not just Pastor uh, Rice Bruce and Pastor Phil Bunasa, but us as a movement. And so starting from different nations, so they started praying for, from, for different nations. They sow seeds. Or they started... Sowing seeds to the nation, financial support, sending 
financial support to missionaries. And later on, they, we started sending missionaries to different nations as cult cross-cultural nations or cross-cultural missionaries. Now we are in what? How many? 84 nations. Are you glad that we, we are, you know, we, uh, we are helping fulfill this uh, calling to us? And of course, not just in the Philippines, but also here in Bahrain, right? Not just here, in, uh, but also here in Bahrain. You know, it began with a handful of women uh, who started meeting as a small group. Ayan. So, uh, faithful women, and <laughs> faithful women who really, you know, their desire is to answer the call to God. You know, thank you, Ati Joy. Ati Mel, you know, Ati Rob, uh, Ati Jen, thank you very much. And a few more others uh, who, are not, uh, who are not with us there uh, in other nations now. Thank you very much. Can we acknowledge those uh, women? If not for you, no, we won't be here. And we really thank you for, uh, for really dedicating your lives. No, you, sh you could have, um, you know, spent your time no, going to the malls or spending your money shopping, drinking coffee here and there. But you chose to, you know, sacrifice your time, you sacrificed your life, you sacrificed your, uh, uh, your, your, your efforts. No, I, I want to say love life, no, but I don't want <laughs> But I did already. <laughs> but really... There's a uh, you, the, you you paid the price and now this is the uh, you know the result of what you did. And we're very thankful for that. So, if we want to see the nations come to Christ, all right, just like the vision in Revelation, what we do is we or what we should be or what we must be is what we we must be willing to pay the price, all right. Willing to pay, yan. We must be willing to pay any price, to go anywhere, to do anything, to bring the whole truth to the world. If we want to see the nations come to the Lord, we must be willing to do that. Are you willing to do that? Are you willing to do that? Hmm. Only a few? <laughs> Actually, that's the title of the message. You know, to pay any price, to go anywhere, to do anything, to take the whole truth to the world. And we must be all in. Yeah? We must be hashtag all in. In other words, you know, what we, whenever we say all in, you know, you're all out. Just like what we, do, uh, what we say in the Philippines. We're all in and we're all out. That means we must be willing to do whatever it takes. And we want to, uh, for as long as it takes, until it takes, and then we keep going. No? Willing to do whatever it takes, anything we will do. I remember, you know, uh, there was a saying, wherever you send me, I, or wherever you go, I will follow. Whatever you feed me, I will swallow. <laughs> so whatever, wherever, however, we're going to go. 
Hmm? Where are you going to go? And you know, I can think of any better example of this passion than Desmond Doss. How many of you know Desmond Doss? No one? Now, Desmond Doss, actually, uh, he's a soldier, all right? He, uh, he served as a combat medic in the uh, United States Army during the Second World War. His courage and his passion during the war was depicted in the movie Hacksaw Ridge. How many of you saw that movie, Hacksaw Ridge? It's really very good, no? He was twice awarded the Bronze, uh, Bronze Star Medal for his actions in Guam and in the Philippines for his exceptional valor in aiding wounded soldiers under fire. And he received the Medal of Honor for his actions during the Battle of Okinawa where he saved 50 to 100 men. Wow, that's a lot. 50 to 100 men. And you know what? The Battle of Okinawa was considered the, bl the bloodiest battle of the Pacific War. You know, around 240,000 soldiers from both sides, they were killed during those battles. And he saved 50 to 100 men. And his, in, uh, in his biography, biography, the writer said, While others were taking life, he was busy saving life. When the cry, Medic! Uh, ran out on the battlefield, he never considered his own safety. He repeatedly ran into the heat of the battle to treat a fallen comrade and carry him back to the safety. All this while enemy bullets whizzed past him and mortars, mortar shells exploded around him. Several times while treating a wounded soldier, Desmond was so close to enemy lines he could hear their whispering voices. Wow. And every time he would go to the battlefield, you know his prayer was, Lord, help me get one more. Lord, help me get one more. And I hope that would also be our prayer. When we go to the battlefield, Lord, please, Help me get one more. You know, making disciples of all nations is like a rescue operation. It's actually God's rescue operation. Diba? God's rescue operation. And God is using us to rescue people. And you know what? It's not a walk in the park. How many of you believe that? It's not a walk in the park. And the mission field, it's not a bed of roses. It's not. You know, you can ask Giselle. <laughs> ask you, know, you know, what she experienced when she went to a creative access nation, you know, with a team uh, for a short-term mission or for short-term missions. She didn't go there to take photos of famous landmarks. Yeah? No. Or you didn't go there to, sh uh, to shop in the local bazaar. You uh, didn't go there to enjoy ch their chicken masala. <laughs> and definitely, she didn't, search, uh, didn't go there to search for the love of her life. <laughs> and it was months of preparation. No, it took months of preparation. She spent time studying their language and learning the culture. And it took some time, you know. And I'm sure 
No, uh, she she had to raise her financial support to fully fund her trip, sending messages, meeting partners to follow up, praying for them. Diba? And I'm sure you know you did your best to convince yourself that Lord, there's nothing too impossible, too hard for you. There's nothing difficult for you. There's nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. You know, there were, I'm sure there were also sleepless nights, you know, praying for an open door in the campus where the team you would be, uh, where the team would be going. And also there was a constant awareness right, of the danger that you might be facing when you go there. So you had, uh, she had to give up her comfort and personal wants so that the students would hear the gospel. She understood, Giselle understood, and many others understood that the only way for these people to hear is what? To preach, to go. Romans 10 said, what? How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in whom, in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching and how are they preach how are they to preach unless they are sent how are your friends going to hear the gospel it's through you why are you why are you crying you're not supposed to cry anyway <laughs> now maybe some of you are thinking all right some of you are thinking you know going to the nations and I'm you or going to the nations to make disciples is only for that few people like Giselle or like Mitch or it's for the pastors, for the leaders, you know, veteran Christians. <laughs> and it's not for me. And guess what? I, I totally understand. That's totally fine. Right? I, I, I totally understand. And I also had the same excuse before. I also had the same excuse before. But see... Well, I, well, I was praying this. Uh, I was praying about this, and I was thinking, no, Lord, see, if Jesus, you know, if Jesus did not leave heaven and die for my sins and yours, I would have stayed. Hmm? I would have stayed, because what's the point? What's the point of going if he didn't do that? But he did, right? He did, and that's actually the whole point. The whole point of going is because Jesus died for those people. Amen? Amen. The point of going is because Jesus died for the people. You know, Leonard Sweet, in his book, So Beautiful, I really like this book. God, uh, he said, God is a missionary God. Jesus is a missionary Messiah. And the Spirit is a missionary spirit. Missions is the family business. Do you consider yourself as a part of God's family? How many of you consider you are part of, a, of God's family? Can I see those hands? Then one thing is for sure. You know what? Missions is also your business. Right? Missions is also your business. Now, let me qualify this. What I've been saying about going to the nations, all right? Not every one of us will be leaving Bahrain 
not to start a new church or a campus ministry. Not all of us. Maybe some of us. Not, but not everyone. Mitch will be very hurt if every one of us will go and he will start again, you know. Okay lang, bro. <laughs> of course not. No. But see, if you know God is calling you to a different nation, go ahead, pack your things. We'll pray for you. No? We'll send you, we'll connect you to the worker in that nation. But for those of us who, whom God has called us to be here in Bahrain for a season, you know, maybe to work or perhaps to do, uh, you know, full-time ministry, stay. Okay? I'm not saying that you go, you stay. Do you hear, do you hear that? You stay. If God wants you to serve here, if you believe that God is calling you to serve here, you stay. You make disciples. You raise leaders. For a time, and then until God calls you to wherever He wants you to be. You know, there is much work to be done here. There is much work to be done here. And this is not the time to be relaxed or to be distracted. Hmm? This is not the time to get comfortable. Otherwise, we will miss our turn. You know, according to Joshua Project, there are 17,445 people groups right, all over the world. Now, the people groups, these are ethnicities. They're not countries, okay? They're not political nations. They are ethnic groups or ethnos. Now, the largest number of people groups are in South Asia, which has 4,032 um, people groups with a population of 1.89 billion. That's a lot, right? 1.89 billion. Now, here in the Middle East and North Africa, we have 572 people groups with a population of 407 million, 407.75 million. Here in Bahrain, there are 17 people groups. Do you know these people groups? There are the Arabs, the Bahraini Arabs, the Persians, the Urdus, the Malayalis, and the Kurds. These top six, or these six, are the largest in terms of population. They are here, uh, 1.27 or 1.276 million. Alright, 1 million. Five of these largest people group adhere to Islam as their primary religion. So these are your Ahmeds, your Muhammads, your Ali's, your Abdullahs, your Saints, your Fatimas, your Salmas, your Zaras, your Amiras, your Mariams. These are those people. And you see, if we're going to be very honest with ourselves, we've barely scratched the surface. Hmm? We've barely scratched the surface. But it's not too late. Uh, that's good news. Right? It's not too late. Uh... Dr. Uh, Zamul Zwemer, he said, Our only concern should be to keep the fight for souls aggressive, right? And to win victory regardless of cost or sacrifice. 
Our only concern should be to keep the fight for souls aggressive. We should be aggressive, sabi niya. And to win victory regardless of cost or sacrifice. You know, he is known as the Apostle to Islam. Uh, he is known to be uh, the Apostle to Islam. He came here uh, as a missionary. He's a pioneering missionary work here in Bahrain. Right? He's a, he is actually uh, part of the founder or he's together with his wife, Amy, and other missionaries. They established in 1903 the Mason Memorial Hospital, which is later renamed to American Mission Hospital. Do you know that? Dr. Zamel Swemmer and his wife, they started American Mission Hospital in Manama. And a few years before this, in 1899, Amy Zwemer founded the first Western uh, school, formerly known as Acorn School, then are now called as Al-Raja School, or the American Mission School, now known as Al-Raja School. So you will see that in Manama, both of them in Manama, Al-Raja School and the American Mission. They started here in Bahrain. Two of their daughters, they died here during a dysentery, and they were buried uh, in Manama, uh, Manama Cemetery, somewhere else there. Uh, they pioneered the work here. So that means there are already missionaries who came here before us, and we only have to continue what they have started. Right? Are you, are you ready to go? Wag mo na, hindi pa ako tapos. And... We must be willing. We must be willing to adapt and accommodate their culture and values. You know, that's what I was praying about. Lord, how can these people, they are the super missionaries. They have the, they have the knowledge of the language. They have, they have the experience. They studied in the seminary. But how about us? Uh, and the Lord... You know, impressed in my heart, you know, I will give you the grace to adapt. You know, I will give you the grace to adapt. I will give you the courage to accommodate their culture and their values. You know, here's how we can do that. We can spend time with the people we are reaching to. Spend time. And we all know that here in Bahrain, there's nothing too far, Right? There's nothing too far in here in Bahrain. You can go from here, uh, from here in Jofer to Sif about five minutes. That means no one is too far. Hmm? No one is too far. Let's learn to love their language as well. You know, I have a confession to make. You know, after we, um, we came from uh, the leaders' huddle in Saudi Arabia, um, God spoke to my heart and I had to humble myself. But Lord, I've been giving you so many excuses not to learn Arabic because the people here, they know how to speak in English. Even Rose, I told her, Rose, you've been here for a long time. You haven't you know, spoken Arabic well. And Lord, we're sorry, Lord. Uh, we're sorry, Lord, and now uh, we're, we've answered. Uh, we said, yes, Lord, we're committing you know, we, to stop making excuses, and we start 
you know, learning Arabic. And I hope, no, I, I'm just saying this for accountability. Now, if you don't hear me speak in Arabic in about maybe in a year or two, just tell me, you know what, Kuya Jean? Mashallah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, it's only for accountability. So, <laughs> learn to appreciate their values, all right? Learn to appreciate their values and make them a part of you, the good values, all right? But of course, we must also have the steadfastness to refuse to be assimilated by anything that would compromise the mission. What do I mean by that? Let's be on our guard to not to conform to the ways or their beliefs that would make them question our faith. Hmm? Drive carefully on the road. Be respectful. Hello. Drive carefully on the road. Okay. Demonstrate, <laughs> demonstrate professional excellence by, doing, uh, by being organized at work, by coming to work on time, be respectful to your bosses and to your colleagues. You know, Jeremiah said, is it there? Yeah, Jeremiah said, let me, let me share to you. I still have time. Jeremiah 29, verse 5 to 7. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. This is what God was telling to the exiles or the one He sent. Huh? To the people He sent as exiles. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives. No, not many wives, but you can... You, you get married, all right? Have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage. Did you see the, the generations there? It would take time that they may bear sons and daughters as well. Multiply there and do not decrease. So what God is saying to us who are here in Bahrain, let's live life, but let's not, you know, let's not decrease. We must multiply. Okay? Seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find welfare. You know, if you're asking the Lord, Lord, is Canada a greener pasture? Send me there. <laughs> you know, there was... Uh, do we have... Okay, can, I, can I speak in Tagalog? No, sabi ng mga leaders natin, nandito na daw tayo sa ibang bansa. Bakit daw tayo magiging ibang bansa pa? The Lord has called us here in this nation. Why think about going else somewhere? No, somewhere else. You know, the reason why the pastures are greener there because they are watering them there, cultivating. Let's cultivate our pastures here. Amen, hmm? Amen no? Yes, we're gonna stay we're gonna go. Now, let's again, let's demonstrate our uh, professional excellence. Let's make every opportunity count. Make every opportunity count. And I think, you know, uh, you deserve to know also the specific goals of the church. No, uh, the specific vision of the church. Last October, yeah, last October, 
we uh, decided to have a strategic meeting so that at least for the past or for, for the next two to three or five years or maybe ten years, we will have this uh, road. No? We will have this guide. And we believe that uh, God is calling us to be a vibrant church, right? Be a vibrant church that makes disciples and raise leaders in every nation and in every, every campus and every community. These are our specific goals. We are believing for the next two, three, five, ten years that we will be raising local leaders. That means we will be raising Bahraini leaders and camp, uh, from the campuses and the community. That's what we believe. How, how many of you believe that? Huh? How many of you believe that? We, uh, we're believing that we will also be sending cross-cultural, short-term, and long-term missionaries. How many of you wants to go somewhere? Next year. Next year. We're, we're believing next year, you know, for a cross-cultural, short-term mission. So you start praying for it now. Send homegrown leaders to every nation, school of ministries. How many of you wants to go to the school of ministries? And also every nation seminary. That's what we are praying for. And of course, you know, God willing, we're praying to establish a second church, planting church, just like this. I, we don't know where, we don't know how. No, we, don't, we know how, but we don't know when. But here we are. Lord, send us. We must be willing to pay any price. To go anywhere, to do anything, to bring the whole truth to the world. So I close, I would like to read to you a testimony of one of our cross-cultural missionaries. All right, now let's just call her M. All right, M. And uh, I just want to, uh, you know, warn, uh, please, you know, for the sake of her safety. Please refrain from taking photos, all right? Please refrain from taking photos. Now, uh, I ask her because, I, 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 I ask her because, you know what? Maybe you can help me, you know, with my preaching and encourage the church here in Bahrain. And she said, yes. Yes, Kuya. And thank you very much also for allowing me to be, you know, part of the preaching. I mean, the story to be part of the preaching. Um, all right, so... So what, what she did was she divided her testimony into three parts to pray, give, and go. Okay. So here's what she said, a call to pray and to give. Uh, I, haven't been a, uh, sabi niya, I haven't been to a Muslim nation ever in my life. God put the desire and burden in my heart in 2015. Now, when a testimony was shared by a close friend, that's her, that's M, who uh, went for a short-term mission trip to a Muslim nation with high threats of terrorism. She shared to me a story when they met a local student who then asked them, do we really look like terrorists? I was not there during the mission trip, but my heart sank, and cried, for the, for the Muslim nation, most especially for the youth. The Lord impressed to my heart, I did not create them to be terrorists or them as terrorists. They are my children. 
Then God led me to start sowing seeds of prayer and speak blessing to that nation. And I obeyed the Lord to start partnering with a missionary. Here's her call to go. In, 1920, uh, in 2014, not 1914, in 2014, months after my first short-term mission to a Hindu uh, nation, God called me to serve Him full-time and advance His kingdom to the nations. I received, but I bargained to God. Huh? He, she bargained with God. I can vividly remember how I begged for the Lord to please, Lord, I want to achieve my goals first. I want to be a professional psychologist. I want to have my own house. I want to, be, I want to have a car, etc., etc. Uh, I was a college student at the time, graduating, and I said to God, Lord, I am not ready to answer your call. Can I be successful then before I, you know, before, then I will be ready. Sabi niya. Then three years in the marketplace, year after year, God was calling. But I kept on ignoring. One more year, Lord. One more year. I pleaded. That's her, pled, that's her pleading. Then one day when I was so busy running after the things of this world, God exposed my heart. I may have all the richest and the promotions in this world, but there was no fulfillment in my heart because true satisfaction can only be found in Christ and being at the center of His will. Apart from God, I am nothing. I can do nothing. Fast forward, I obeyed the call of God. In, 1920, uh, in 2018, I was deployed to the Muslim nation I was praying for since 2015. And though fear of safety was there, I was enveloped by God's peace. Knowing that I am here, I am where He called me to be, and hold on to one of His many promises to me, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Before I thought, oh wow, this is sacrificing the life I should have lived. Something like, I am doing God a favor. No, but it's not. Because it's actually lordship, an act of submission and worship in all areas of our lives to God. It is acknowledging that He is the God of my life. Not me, and His will is always good, pleasing, and perfect. I usually spend, this is her call to go, a testimony, another testimony. I usually spend my day inside the campus. And there was an open door from the Lord because Muslim campuses there are very strict given the terrorist threats. So she was spending her time inside the campus or the fast food restaurant beside the campuses having faith to share the gospel to students. The work of the enemy to kill, steal, and destroy was so evident, but the God we serve is powerful and mighty. We witness miracles happen. For years, Many missionaries sowed prayers to this, whole, uh, to this well-known all-women campus that we are trying to penetrate, but God indeed answers our prayers. Being a witness and reaper, I was able to enter inside without being questioned because the security thought, I am a student. 
as I resemble the features of the locals. Weeks after engaging students, we establish weekly life groups or Bible studies inside the campus. We did prayer walks without suspicion from the people around. We even had an opportunity to pray in the name of Jesus to one of the Muslim students experiencing anxiety because of the failing grades and the pressure from her family. After praying for her, she said to us that she suddenly felt at peace as if all the problems were taken away from her and we continued to meet her. God was not done yet. We were able to meet one of the professors. She said, God is amazing. We are not just given open doors for students but even professors of the said campus. And she agreed for us to partner with them in training the next generation and conduct life classes or leadership, integrity, faith, or family and excellence classes. An opportunity for us to preach the Word of God as we instill godly characters and scriptures to the students. These are just few of the countless miracles God allowed us to witness or allowed us be witnesses as we surrender to His will. It will always be a privilege to be used by Him. This is her message to us, right? to you, to, our, to me. She said, We have a unique and specific calling in our lives, but whether it is a call to serve God in the marketplace or serve in full-time capacity, the command of God is the same. Go and make disciples. It is a command to preach the gospel to the lost. And I pray you'll receive and be aligned to God's calling in your lives. You know, as 